Welcome to the Canon Care Podcast, brought to you by M3. I'm Sarah Kukula, Director of Senior Living and Social Services at M3. And I'm Marlia Coiler-Grayhek, Risk Manager at M3. Each episode of the Candid Care Podcast promises to challenge your current thinking about the long-term care industry and introduce concepts to improve your organization and advance the field. From executive risks to key strategies, we'll approach each topic from multiple angles and invite leaders with unique perspectives to join in the conversation. Please be advised this podcast and the recommendations throughout are not intended as legal advice and should not be used as or relied upon as legal advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. In this episode, we have Sarah Kakula, Director of Senior Living and Social Services at M3 and co-host of the Kennedy Care Podcast, joined by Mike Victorson, CEO of M3 Insurance, to discuss the organizational strategy of leading from the middle to help strengthen organizational culture and combat caregiver and management turnover. With that, I'll turn it over to Sarah and Vic. Today, I have the privilege to speak with someone whom I respect tremendously about leadership, specifically the opportunity for organizations to possibly lead a little bit differently. Today, I welcome Mike Victorson, CEO of M3 Insurance, in his role as CEO, Vic is responsible for the strategic direction and vision of the agency, identifying opportunities for growth and innovation, and cultivating organizational culture. So, Vic, welcome. Thanks, Sarah. It's good to be on with you. We're happy to have you. So, Vic, you and I have talked a little bit about this, actually a lot about this, <laughs> but you know that the COVID-19 pandemic has put a tremendous strain on the long-term care industry, including nursing homes, assisted living communities, and all across the country. But one area that continues to worsen amongst all of these organizations is the workforce crisis. Long-term care organizations are experiencing growing staff vacancies as burnout caregivers just exit the profession altogether. And recently, we've seen an even more alarming trend. There's been an enormous exodus at the leadership level. So as we take a look at this, and I guess maybe the question for you that I have is, what can we do about this? And how can senior living and long-term care leaders become better equipped to lead themselves, their teams, and their organizations into the future? This is a, a passion of mine, not just at M3, but in a lot of our industries that we serve. And so it's a privilege to try to speak into the whole assisted living, nursing, home, CBRF industry right now, because we do realize what an acute issue this whole item of staffing and building a team is. At M3, when we think about winning a war for talent and also building our best, we like to joke that it's our best kickball team. We focus on two things. Number one, we want to try to help people that join our company fall in love with the air quotes business. And that's shorthand for the purpose of our work, because if we don't have people on our team that really understand the purpose of why they're here and what they mean to all the relevant stakeholders, whether it's their colleagues or their customers, our industry or our community, then we don't think that they're going to have the stuff that it takes to get through hard times, to get through a, a difficult patch. And then the second thing is that we want them to try to fall in love with our culture. And specifically because everybody uses that word, 
we try to work on our culture with a mindset of small teams drive big results. And so I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, sir, when we talk about leading from the middle, but we're trying to deconstruct our 350 colleagues, seven office business down into small teams so that we can focus on the leaders of those small teams so that those leaders can drive really healthy, if you will, microculture within our bigger culture. So fall in love with the business, i.e. purpose, fall in love with the culture. And I think if we can get at some practical steps today, maybe some of our clients listening can employ some of these tactics in their company or in their facilities. I love that. And you set my next question up great. You kind of mentioned this, small teams drive big results, but you also said lead from the middle. That is something that we hear at M3 often, but what does that mean? What does it mean to lead from the middle? I stole this concept from a professional development weekend that I had taken a few years back. And it was being taught in a business school as sort of an MBA in a box. And the whole premise to distill an entire weekend into a couple sentences is that if you can uh, truly raise up player coaches or in essence, the middle management of your company uh, in these small teams, then it allows you to make decisions more quickly, more appropriately with their small team that's delivering the service to, in essence, their customer. And because you're pushing more information and decision-making as close to the client as possible, we also think it allows those leaders to connect those uh, folks to the work and the purpose faster and build a stronger relationship and a stronger culture. We realized we had to do it because, as I referenced, when you get on to seven different offices, 350 people, the alternative was to build a bunch of bureaucracy and a bunch of hierarchy. And I can't stand corporate. I hate it. I, I just, anything that reeks or smells of it, you know, I kind of break out in a hive. Mm -hmm. And so it really landed with me, this, this advice and this strategy uh, that was being deployed all over the world by all the big fortune 100 companies. And so we've been at this for a couple of years and it would be, I would tell you that I think our early returns are really good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and you as a practice group lead for our senior living and social services area, you help lead a small team to drive those big results and, and drive purpose with customers. I love that. And what I hear when you say that is how can communities or providers apply that? It's it's almost like, how do you tap on your leadership, your mid-level leaders, administrators, what have you to help solve your problems and your challenges too within the organization? So one of the things I think just recognizing and acknowledging that it is tough right now. You know, providers are losing leaders. They're in the thick of a talent and staffing crisis. We can't find direct care workers. Leaders are now working the front line and helping to serve meals, as an example. This could be scary to kind of change our approach. So is this the time to adopt this model? Or when is the, you know, quote unquote, right time to lead from the middle? I think the right time is absolutely now. If you think about maybe global trends, even in culture and people listening can answer this question in their own way. Do workers and do people trust big corporate or big brands or do they trust people that they know, like, and trust? And I think it's the latter. And so when, when we can have our facilities turn their workers into a recruiting agency because they can talk about their three or five or seven or nine person team 
and sell the fact that the management person that they work for gets it, that this mm. person cares about me, yeah. my career, and how I'm pr uh, processing in this business. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the type of stuff that becomes intangible. You can't necessarily put that in a, a corporate brochure, but it becomes such sticky and tangible awesomeness, if you will, for the business <laughs> that all of a sudden the retention rates go up and you have people on your team recruiting other people to join them. Maybe folks that have left your organization decide, hey, I'm going to stop working for Quick Trip now because they pay a couple of bucks to more an hour and I'm going to come back to an industry that I care a lot about because yeah. I want to take care of people. And so I think the time is now, and maybe one of the biggest pieces, Sarah, is how do we instill in our leaders, and maybe you and I can have a back and forth on this, how do we instill in our leaders that their most important job is to take an interest in their team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And to follow up on that, Vic, it's like, now that we hear this and we want to move forward with this, what are those practical tips for organizations that want to adopt this? Like, what can we tell them to do differently to help them lead from the middle? But we have a lot of our clients in the, the senior living and, and social service space that are attracting new people to the industry coming from four-year colleges, let's say. And, you know, they might be 22, 24, 26 years old, and they don't have a lot of life or lived experience nor business experience. I think it's incumbent on the most senior leadership of the organization to think differently about how those people are trained. I think mm -hmm. a lot of times what happens is, and they should still be trained within the industry, all the compliance elements, the financial targets, you know, how to run a sound operation from that perspective. But how do we rethink potentially teaching them about what it looks like to take an interest in people? I think a lot of times we might make assumptions that just because uh, someone went through a program or we hired them into that role, they'll quote unquote, figure it out. I don't subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. I think we have to model for our leadership what it looks like to take an interest in the workers, if you will, that report to them. How often are you checking in with them? When you do check in with them, what are the questions that you're asking? When they bring you challenges, how are you responding to them? An old adage in industry is that people join an organization, and often for that purpose, but they leave because of culture or that manager. Mm -hmm. And I think if any of us are running an organization today and, and we're having people leave, we certainly can watch trends about how much people are leaving our industry and we have to take that into consideration. I think the hard turning the mirror on ourselves piece is also how much are people choosing to leave us personally? And, mm -hmm. uh, what are we going to do about that? And that's where I think this leading from the middle piece really addresses that issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've given us some really great tools, if you will, to kind of think about how we can just revisit maybe what we're currently doing and, and do it a little bit differently. I almost look at it too, Vic, because I like to think of it, how do we re-recruit our team? Yep. I like that idea of what are we doing to your point of how are we checking in? How are we identifying what gaps they self-identify? What tools are we giving them to help lead through that challenge and so forth? So really great advice. Let me ask you this. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry well, I'm just going to say real quick, I, I just couldn't help but jump on that one. Think about the former colleagues someone listening to this might might have on their roles. Like they, they may have a list of 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 names, depending on the size of the facility, that they would love to have back. What does it look like to involve 
not more senior or administrator level people, but more middle management and actual caregivers, what does it look like to involve those latter two constituents in recruiting them back? Mm -hmm. And then if they are recruited back to the new organization, what does it look like for those two groups to be incentivized by that? Either financially or with, you know, grocery gift cards, you name it. But then also on a go forward basis, how did they get involved in explaining to this new person, no, this is what's different since you left and how we're Mm -hmm. running the organization. I just think there's a huge opportunity potentially for some of our facilities to win. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to ask you a really tough question. So you're no longer CEO of an insurance agency, but you are now CEO of a senior living organization. So looking into the horizon, we're now in what I hope the endemic phase of the pandemic. How would you lead your team out of these challenging times? So it it comes back to, I think, this issue of well-being. I would certainly trust and verify at the same time that all of the trappings and the mechanics of how the organization needs to be run to be compliant, be financially Mm -hmm. sound, deliver the right care is there. I would spend an inordinate amount of time, however, in teaching what some might consider soft skills to our management team, the people in the middle of the organization, so that it can be cascaded to the rest of the organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, I referenced it in a previous answer, but how often they bring their teams together, how often they meet individually with people, what they talk about in those meetings i.e. making it more about the purpose versus more about the scorecard of delivering the care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, it, what it looks like to involve them in decisions, how we rethink pay and incentivization, how those people are involved in recruiting our team, what it looks like for a management person to truly be trained on how to take an interest in the pe- people that work for them. Because again, I think we make assumptions there. And I think a lot of times what happens with our management team is when they're presented with a big challenge by somebody that they feel like they're forced to solve it. But what does it look like for them to have the skill set to turn that challenge back to the worker and solve it together? Yes. Uh, Those are all things that maybe sound overly basic, but as I travel the state and talk to different organizations and even look at our own, Like I said, we have a lot of people that are 22 or 24 or 26 or 28 years old coming into this industry. They don't have a lot of life and business experience. Mm -hmm. They they need help in learning some of these skills so that they can do volume, you know, again, within a facility. Yeah. No, I think you made it seem really doable, Vic. You've given me a lot to digest and certainly things to think about. I think the themes that I've heard that resonate with me, purpose matters. Small teams drive big results. And leaning from the middle can mean big things for an organization. I really want to thank you for your time. I think this has been a super helpful conversation. I'm so uh, grateful to work with the clients that I get to work with, the many providers throughout the state and beyond, and so grateful for the work that they do within their respective communities. But I just want to, again, thank you for spending some time with me to talk a little bit about your perspective and maybe challenging us to think a little bit differently. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Sarah. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Candid Care Podcast brought to you by M3. Connect with us at m3ins.com 
for access to more resources, insight, and to join the conversation.